I know that I tell you each and every week that I am so excited for today's guest. And it's always true because here's the secret of creating this podcast. I reach out to my very favorite friends, colleagues, and humans and use this show as an opportunity to ask them all of the questions that I want to know to explore some of the things that I know about them, but I really think that there's more to it. And today's guest, Nicole Culver, is a great example. Now, let's get to the professional side because she deserves to get her flowers in real time. Nicole is the founder of Elevate, which empowers founders with the strategy, tools, and mindset needed to have wildly profitable, fun businesses so that they can become cycle breakers. Nicole quit teaching in 2011. And we do talk about this at length in the episode. It's one of my favorite parts of her story. When she quit, she became a CEO and she has been running an online business or variations of her online business ever since. Nicole runs Elevate with her husband, Dan, and has been able to grow a seven-figure business working just 15 hours a week. Nicole truly is one of the most amazing, inspirational, fun, empathetic people that I have ever had the pleasure of meeting. And as you'll hear in the first few minutes of this episode, that relationship with Nicole goes way back before either of us were the CEOs that we are today. Before Elevate was even a glimmer in her eye, we were bloggers. We were new moms experiencing first-time pregnancy at the same time. We were really falling in love with other content creators and bloggers who, looking back, really helped shape our view of what business could be. And over the years, Nicole and I have stayed friends. We've stayed in contact. And recently, I now have the incredible privilege of working with Nicole and Dan at Elevate, helping to shape their systems, their internal communications. And I'm an advisor for their clients. The community is unmatched. And what you'll hear in today's episode is that the energy and the success of the program is really because of how much Nicole pours into her clients. And when clients have an amazing experience, as they do in Elevate, then everything else cascades from there. And Nicole and I talk a little bit about that business and about the growth that she's experienced and the future of Elevate. But what I really am excited for you to hear is about some of the lows that she experienced and the lessons that she learned along the way, going back to her childhood and again, in her early career as a teacher. So I am delighted that Nicole shared these stories with me. I'm even more excited for you to hear them. So without further ado, here is Nicole Culver. Welcome to Hard Costs, the podcast. I'm your host, Katie Widrick, fractional CMO and funnel fixer. And guess what? I'm good in a crisis and I know how to see through the chaos to find clarity. That's something I've learned from working behind the scenes as a strategic partner for visionary CEOs. I'm on a mission to bring founders to the forefront and to tell the truth about the hard costs of doing business. You know, we all see wins shared on social media highlight reels every day, but what we don't often get a glimpse into are the tough times, the lost revenue, hiring and firing, moments that required major pivots, and so much more. On Hard Costs, we're bringing forward the stories that will help you understand that the roller coaster ride you're on is all part of the gig. 
And just like a roller coaster, the founder journey can be pretty thrilling. Take a listen while I share my own experiences, case studies from companies I've worked with, and I'm joined by some of my favorite founders to help you navigate this storm the right way. Now let's rise together. Hey, Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to be here. I feel like this has been a long time in the making, I think, like, I don't know, a decade or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. It was so funny. I was talking with someone recently um, because as listeners heard me in the introduction, I now have the pleasure of working with you. Um, But someone was asking me, like, oh, did you just meet Nicole at a mastermind? I said, no, I really am trying to think back to when Nicole and I would have first run into each other digitally. And I, it's like, I mean, I think I was still blogging at sillytatertot.blogspot.com. That's how old and <laughs> like old school it was. Do you have any recollection of where our first interaction was? No, but I remember like specifically one being pregnant at the same time, which means, yes. okay, we both had babies in October 2012. So that tells you in itself. And I remember like being pregnant at the same time. So that puts us 11 years. That's right there. Like we've had a longer relationship than some marriages. Like, and and it's funny because there was a, there was a phrase coined in the very early days of blogging, like back when bloggers were like back when Google reader was a thing, Um, back when bloggers were posting three times a day, like, here's what I ate, here's what I did. And, and that was the norm, right? And so there was Mm -hmm. this coin that got termed called blends and it was blogging friends. And it's funny because I think like the world has evolved so much, like, you and I met, I don't even think, I don't even think social media was a thing. You know, yeah. I like all of these, these tools yeah. and these opportunities that we've been able to leverage for our own businesses and really guide people through, they just weren't a thing. And so it was kind of pure, right? Like you knew everybody's kids' names and what they were struggling mm-hmm. with and like who was vegan for a while and who was gluten-free and who was training for a marathon. And do you ever, do you ever, I had this feels very like get off my lawn, but do you ever sort of think back to those days as like being a little bit more pure and easy or no? Um, no, because I felt like nothing worked for me then. You know what I mean? Like I, I always, so this is going back a long time. This is going back like over 10 years. I rem- I literally can remember I was, this is, this is awful to share, but I'll share it because I was in a co-teaching classroom. I was in fourth grade. I was a special ed. And I literally remember like on my break. So at that, at this time, like one of the growth strategies was like being first to comment on blogs. Oh my gosh. Not like even like on blogs. You had to be the first to comment on blogs because that would get you traffic. And I remember like being stressed out when like, and we'll just throw like Tina from Carrots and Cake or Gina from Fitness East, like being the first to comment or Jess Merchant, How Sweet Eats on their post because they would post all the time. They would post multiple times a day. And I was like commenting like as a teacher on my breaks to try to drive traffic. So no, I don't think about those as like the good old days because it was stressful for me. I feel like I had no idea. I was throwing spaghetti. I had no idea what was working. Um, I loved blogging as an outlet and it was a great hobby. Mm. So 
what I do is drastically different. <laughs> yeah. Now. And I, I love you. You just talked a little bit about your teaching career. So, you know, 10 year old Nicole was not dreaming of being a successful entrepreneurial CEO who was helping other business owners explode their growth. What was 10 year old Nicole thinking she would grow up and be and do? Oh, a teacher forever. A teacher. I mean, I still, I, I still am a teacher, right? I still do that. That's part of my job is teaching and motivating and inspiring. It's a big part of my job. And I thought, I just thought I'd be in the classroom forever, forever. And what was it about that career choice? I guess, was it, was it a choice where you said, I need to do something different or did life and circumstances push you in a different direction? No, no one, nothing pushed me, myself. It was one of those, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this can relate, but I felt so trapped by having to go work for someone else, by having a boss, by, I always, my whole life, I always did things my own way. And I was always, um, you know, you and I are really on the same page where we're like, okay, let's get this to like 70% and then like, let it fly. I've lived that. I've lived that way my whole life. And I, I can work at a speed, you know, when, when you started working for us, it was like, oh my gosh, Katie can work as fast or faster than us. And that was like, a huge blessing because most people cannot run at the speed that I do because I'm not a perfectionist at all. So with teaching, I would see people who were like staying till nighttime and like working on the weekends and like doing all these things. And I was like, what are you doing? What? I don't understand. And it was just like having to be on someone else's schedule that felt like literally the most suffocating thing in the world. And after five years, I was like, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a counter downer. I'm not going to be like everyone else. I'm not going to count down to Friday. I'm not going to count down to the next vacation. And as soon as I started noticing that I was doing that in like year three and, and year four, I was like, I'm done. I, I need an escape path. I can't do this anymore because I'm not I'm not going to wish my life away. And I remember having a conversation at way after I left with someone who I was very good friends with when I was teaching. And she was like, yeah, I only have 10 years left. And I was like, <gasps> like that just took my breath away because she wanted out. And her answer was, I only have 10 years left. And I was like, that's a decade of your, of your life. And it's so interesting. As you were talking about, we have daughters who are literally a week apart in age. And so I find that having that passage of time really shows 100%. you and like 10 years can, is it happens in a blink. And it mm -hmm. also, it is such a long time to be invested in something or someone obviously with, with kids, it's, it's a different type of investment, but I, I love that you had that aha moment. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you've been able to take your personal experience and really empower other often working moms or moms who are looking to become successful, elevated CEOs while having all of the time for their family that they want. But I know between teaching and blogging and you being the founder <laughs> of Elevate, there are some other moments in your journey. In fact, you know, we were talking about like, what do we recall from each other? I remember placing a Blissful Eats order and I was like, this is my friend, Nicole. And she makes this amazing food product that I love. And I had never met anybody that was 
producing a food product, was talking about drop shipping. That to me felt like a really, like a huge moment in your timeline. What mm-hmm. was what was the decision like? What led you to founding a food company? Yeah. Oh man, that was a huge, that was like 20... 2011 to 2018. So that was like a good seven years where I was all in on that. Um, when I, so in my fourth year of teaching, I was like, I knew, I just knew I, this is not my forever path. I have to do something else. And I went back to integrative nutrition, which was an uh, online education, online school to become a certified health coach. So I started doing that in year four of teaching. And this was my escape path. So I was not the type of person that was just like going to quit tomorrow. I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but I wanted to do what was smart for me and and my husband. So we decided after year five. So I went back to school to inter- integrative nutrition, which was on, it was online, which like, you want to talk about online. Like I was doing tele, tele seminars where you had to dial up because there was no such thing as like even go to webinars, like dating yourself now. Oh my God. I was before, I was before that. Anyway. So I, I, what was I good at? That's what I really asked. Like, what do I enjoy and what am I good at? And it was, it was nutri like wellness and food. Those were two things that were always natural gifts for me that I really enjoyed. So that's where I saw my path out. And I started taking health coaching clients while I was still teaching on the side. I would take them after school. I had a handful of clients. And then I started doing talk about scalable programs. I partnered with someone who I had met, which a blend who also went to integrative nutrition. And we started doing these group programs. And we started doing like eight week, 10 week, 12 weeks, you know, around timely parts of the year. And they were literal. I actually found my quote unquote sales page, which was a Google doc for this. And I think it said, um, I forget what year it said, but I screenshotted it. Cause I was like, I've literally been doing group programs <laughs> and, and trying to work on building a scalable business for over 10 years. So I really just started with where I thought, where I had belief that I was good at and where I had some background. And that is, it, it led more into the food company just because <clears throat> It felt like at the time, which is laughable now, but at the time, I, it felt more scalable to me and less uh, one-to-one hours. So that's what that's kind of where I wanted to go. But in hindsight, like the health coaching actually was more profitable and was more lucrative, and that's a whole that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because you know one of the things that I really wanted to talk about with founders like you on this podcast is that you know I know there's a cliche about you see the highlight reel and and that's part of our job Nicole is to really be mm-hmm. optimistic and to show the path forward and of course to acknowledge that not every moment of being a business owner is as positive you know you make really hard decisions you go through yeah. really tough times but you know by nature our job is to show the path forward but I have to imagine that even inside of these transition transition moments that you've had there had to have been some hard times. Were there times when money was tight or when you had to, you know, make decisions that felt 
tough, that were hard conversations with people you love. What what was your experience over these last 10 plus years um, as a business owner in that regard? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, you and I have talked about this. So, you know, like we, we have had so many hard times and I, and I can go into any of them and I'll, I'll share a few. And at the same time, there was, I never, there was never any other option for me. There was never going back. There was never an out. There was just like, okay, well, we will figure this out because I was that committed to the life I wanted to build. So I think one of the one of the problems, and I said this just this week on, on our Mindset Monday call in Elevate, is that people want to stop trying to have problems and you're never going to get there. And I said, like, just honestly, if you think you're going to get to a point in your business where you're not going to have problems, you have set yourself up for the worst expectations because that is not how business is. We're in the problem solving business. You're going to have problems and you solve them. And it sometimes they're harder than others. And that's what's required of this. So yes, we've had so many hard times. We are food business. Um, was just so not profitable. And it's the nature of the business, truly. And I I will never forget, I think in 2018, Todd Herman said this to me, like, he didn't, he did not say you should shut down your business, but he said it's a race to sell. So what people do in the food business is like, you try to get as much revenue as possible so you could sell your business because otherwise you're competing against like Coca-Cola essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's a very hard business to be in. And that's, and that's ultimately why we decided to get out of the business. But yeah, it was not profitable. At one point we had sold our condo, bought a house. We were trying to sell our condo, bought a house because we found a really great house. We were paying two mortgages for nine months. And my sister actually recently said to me, oh, I don't really remember that. Because I was like, telling I her like every waking moment of those nine <laughs> months, every um, one of them. Yeah. And then Dan, I mean, I could, I could just list off so many. Dan quit his full-time job um, to come work more with me, but secured a big consulting client to help replace his income. And then after he quit, the the consulting client changed management and it fell through. And then we had to deal with that. So there's, yes, there's so many defining hard moments and we, we still have hard moments. We still have hard months. They're different hard now. And at you know, a few weeks ago, we were going through another type of hard moment. And Dan said to me, which is the tough love that we we know when is appropriate to give each other. He was like, if you can't handle this, how do you think you're going to handle what's coming on a 10 times level when we get there? And that one statement literally just snapped me out of it. And I was like, you're right. Okay. I can handle this. And it, you move on. So all of those moments, if you let it, they they obviously are lessons, but they give, they build the resilience that you're going to need to get to the next level. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, you and I, we text each other about our workouts. You know, I think your, your commitment to wellness hasn't changed. You talked about moving at the speed of light as a CEO, but you're, you talk about your turtle walks. You know, I love how you have this um, not necessarily balanced, but this really complementary style to like, I want to move quickly because 
our audience and the world deserve the impact that we can give them and deserve to be empowered as elevated CEOs, but as a person, I need to slow down. And there's like the same thing that happens with muscle memory when you're literally doing a workout, I think happens when you are flexing those elevated CEO muscles. The next time that you're faced with a hard discussion or a hard decision, you know how to do it more quickly. And I love, I think that is so, so important for people to really hear, which is like, if your goal is to not have hard things and hard decisions <laughs> to make, you're, you're probably not going to have the entrepreneurial journey that you want. And for some people working for others is great. You know, I, what, I love that you were so complimentary to me, but I also have to acknowledge I'm not a visionary CEO. I can dream big. I can strategize. I love being in the room where big decisions are happening. But when I try to flex those muscles, I just know that I'm best in the role of serving a light speed CEO. And so, you know, as people are listening, I think there's, it's really important to understand that those type of leadership moments can happen, whether you are a founder yourself or you are in a supportive role for a founder. Mm -hmm. And I think you would acknowledge that having people around you, you mentioned Dan, me, you've had an incredible team of people or your sister, like all of these people that have helped make it possible. Visionary CEOs who move at light speed, they can't do it on their own. <laughs> there has to be somebody there to say, okay, great. Now this thing you just said, we we're going to launch, I'm going to do the 99 steps, steps behind it. Um, so I just want people listening to understand that even if you are not entrepreneurial by nature or a founder by nature, everything that Nicole just said makes you a better leader and you can lead in a junior role. And we've discovered that even really developing the Elevate team. And I've had the opportunity to learn that from other teams as well. And you are such an empathetic leader. How much of that, Nicole, you talked about your oldest daughter and my oldest daughter are the same age. You have then had two other kids. You're a mom of three beautiful girls. You work with your husband and you have really committed to family first. I've seen you make that choice time after time. Talk to me about that why. What is it about being a mom and the presence that you have for your kids and, and your family that is so central to your core? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. I So actually, when you go back to when you said, what did you think you would always be? It's, it's kind of like I teetered on like being a teacher, but I always knew I was going to be a mom. And I know that you probably get this too, but people, I always wanted three girls always, always, always. And it's really funny to me because whenever people, not everyone, if you have girls, I feel like you, you get it. But if you don't have girls, you get a lot of like eye rolls. When you have three girls, you get a lot of like, Oh, you know, going, you know, just like a lot of Dan around like, Oh, it, it must be so hard to be around girls all the time to him. Yeah. I always, and I, I'm, I, I'm from <laughs> New York and I'm Italian. So often I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I, I love to kind of give it back to them depending on how spicy I'm feeling for the day. So I always knew I was meant for this role. So truly like it was never going to be any other way that like, I don't, it was never a question. What actually did surprise me when I had, or surprised me, I don't know, it did surprise me a little bit, but just like how much I did love working and how much I actually needed both. 
So I am a better mom when I have worked. I'm a better mom when I have served. I'm a better mom when I have time and space, of course, to be to work on myself, but to have a impact and to have a mission and to have a purpose outside of just that role. So I think it gets I think it gets to be both. Um, we're in summer mode right now, which means I am working uncomfortably little. I've said this, I've said this over a, a few other podcasts that I've been on, but back years ago, I made a commitment to be the number one over the summertime, which means I'm the one who's working less, Dan's the one who's working more. Do we, if you know us, you know, we have a hundred, 100 relationship. We both, you know, like you and Lucas are very, we, sh- we share everything. There's no, oh, Nicole does this, or there's no real roles, like gender gender stereotypical roles in our house. So for the summer, I take on more of the kid stuff. Dan takes on less. And that is, even though I love it, even though I'm, I'm present, it's a sacrifice for me because I'm not working as much as I actually love to be working. But I made that commitment a long time ago. And as I see my daughter going into sixth grade, you start to see the shift that is upon us. So I'm willing to make that sacrifice for them because in the grand scheme of things, when they're so freaking little and you have that newborn baby, that one-year-old, that two-year-old, that three-year-old, you're like, this is hard. This is going to be hard for a lot longer. And then all of a sudden they turn four and they turn five and you see the light and you can it just starts to change. So all that to say, it was never going to be any other way. I've always been committed to them in this way. And it's because one, it's a short, it's a short amount of time. And if I can do it, why, why wouldn't I? That's yeah. How it's, I it's interesting. Um, I love the way that you just sort of express the passage of time. And now I feel like I raised these independent people intentionally and now they're independent and I'm the one saying, Oh no, wait, (laughs) come back. Like, you know, just even sending them out the door to camp or to school, you know, the fact that they don't need me to hold their hand walking in Mm -hmm. or they want to brush their hair on their own. These are these little benchmarks, but I really, I realized like I did my job and now the painful part is, is me. And also like, that's what, you know, so much is being imprinted and, and what you, the decisions that you're making and the priorities that you're modeling for them are being imprinted. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, you know, I grew up in sort of a traditional nuclear family. Uh, My parents are still married. I have, you know, it's two kids, two dogs, two parents living in the suburbs. We moved a lot. I had both my parents worked out of the house full time. You know, I think it was a pretty traditional upbringing. And I realize now because my husband didn't have that experience, a number of my colleagues and friends didn't have that experience. I realize now how much of that really does shape the people that we are. You talked about these roles that you and Dan have and the desire that you've had to be a mom who also excelled in her career. What was your experience like growing up? Did you have role models that showed you the way or was any of this a factor of like, oh, I see what I don't necessarily want to be as an adult? Yeah. Um, both, I would say, yeah, I would say both. So I had a true very interesting upbringing. Like I grew up living with both of my parents. Um, but my mom, 
It's interesting because my mom basically did everything for me and my sister. Um, she was definitely, but, and at the same time, like she was a business owner. So she made money. My dad still worked. He was in construction. So he had more of like a blue collar job. Um, and my mom all, my mom always expressed the importance of like making your own money and being independent. So I think it was, it was both. And when I knew that, we were like, Dan was the person I was going to marry. And it was always like, I'm not doing everything my mom did. Like I'm, I'm just not. And he was always beyond on board for that. So it was like, if I cooked, he cleaned up. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, cleaned one bathroom, he would clean the other. It was always except laundry. We both, (laughs) no one ever took responsibility of laundry. So we had to hire it out because we both, stink at laundry. But it was always like that from the start with him because it was not modeled to me. And my mom always was like, go, go, go. Still to this day, she like cannot chill out Mm. because she was always on, always cooking, always cleaning, always working, always taking care of us, always running um, from thing to thing with us. And that definitely shaped the way that I look to a partner and also model things for my kids a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. My mom, both my parents had full-time jobs, but my, my father worked a night shift. He was a television reporter. So a lot of my core memories are of my mom picking us up from daycare and Like I always thought it was so fun. She'd take us to the grocery store and we got to pick anything we wanted. I realized now that was just, it was seven o'clock at night. She'd worked all day in an office. She's got these two crazy kids and she's solo parenting at night. But I, I think there's just so much about like the way we position it for our kids too. You know, she was never, she never made me feel like, oh my gosh, what a burden it is to come do all of this. We're like, let's go do this fun thing, which again, in hindsight, like how many of us have found those little cheat codes for our kids. (laughs) Like, great news, it's breakfast for dinner because I don't have the energy to do anything (laughs) but make waffles, um, which I love. So let's fast forward just a little bit. So now you've gone through all of this and, and I think what's so beautiful is that you are another CEO who I see kind of building in public, saying like, here's where I am, here's my, here's what's working, but also like, I'm up leveling. Like here are the, here's where I had a hard day or here's something that I'm seeing from your perspective, what's the upper limit for you? Is there one? Oh, wow. Um, no, I don't know. No, I don't think so. The sky's the limit, right? The sky is the limit. I think I have what I thought was big, even in the past, even to just like having you come on to our team has drastically changed because honestly, when you have the right team members, they, sh- they also show you what's possible. And as a visionary, I am a really good start and I can, I can force myself to finish things. And at the same time, my follow through, <laughs> if it's going to be, if, if it's something I can finish within like 72 hours, like the secret podcast that I did, you bet your butt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hustle my butt to finish that thing. But if it's something that's like a little bit longer term, I really, I, 
I really have to use my all my tricks in the book to get me to finish something. So when you came on and you are just so natural at... And maybe it's not natural, but you're just so good at making at the follow through and making sure that the loops are closed. That's when I really was like, Oh, we could, we, we could, and we will get to a million a month, a hundred percent with the right people in place. So I used to be like, Oh, okay. Like a few million dollars. And now it's like, well, let's see where, let's see where this can go. I don't want to limit myself. And I also think that it's, I know you feel this deeply, but like, I don't want to have a personal brand. I actually never wanted to have a personal brand. I think I am doing my darndest to shift away from a personal brand because the company that we have and the people we serve is so much bigger than me. It is so much bigger than me and Dan. And I love our program because it brings in experts in every different area. And it truly is about all of us. So knowing that there are the team that we have, like, why wouldn't I try to help more people? Yeah, I love that, Nicole. And something that I think is really helpful for everyone listening to understand is that the ability for someone like me or some like some of our listeners to do that and to serve at the highest level really comes from North Star CEO. So like my understanding that like what is important to you is an elevated experience for clients is pouring into mindset and helping our elevated CEOs believe that they have everything they need, empowering them with specific frameworks and tools. But like, that's the job. Everything else is details, but I can make decisions because you've been so clear about like, this is what's important. And also profitability, not just because it enriches you and Dan or it enriches (laughs) X, Y, and Z. It's because that can then be recirculated back into the community. And I think what a beautiful business it is to have when you are able to do that while empowering other business owners, right? Like you could have been the biggest granola company in the world. You could have been the best health coach in the world. And of course you would have been empowering people with that too. But I I do think there's something about your business model, which is like the cascading effect of like when you do well, that's only because your clients have done well. Like you are only as good as your client's success. And you've been so clear about that mission and vision, even inside of the team that I like, that is something that not every CEO does well, but it's because you've, you know, learned so much over the years. So yeah, I want to go through a quick lightning round and then I know know you've got a packed day and you got to go be with those kiddos. And, you know, we got to get back to business right after this call (laughs) and I are going right back to work. So, um, Is there a mantra or a phrase that is a guiding light for you? So for example, I've got a bunch of them, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I really believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. I believe that when we do the right things for the right reasons, and we're not considering what am I getting out of it, we get back what we need tenfold anyway. There's just this energetic shift. Anytime I feel out of alignment, I come back to, nope, I'm, I just need to do the right thing because a rising tide lifts all boats. Is there something like that that helps recenter or realign you? Yeah. I'm not that good at being short when short. So I'll, I'll <laughs> say this as fast as possible, but two, two quotes, truly, um, follow your bliss, Joseph Campbell. That really is where Blissful Eats, our granola and food company came from. So of course you asked this because I literally just 
talked about the story with Dan about how I how I came up with that company name. So Follow Your Bliss is one I come back to and I, I need to actually come back to it more because it is that reminder of just being in that bliss energy more allows you to be an elevated CEO. And then the second one is it gets to be this good. And that's just a reminder that life, business, whatever you're doing, success gets to be good. For so many of us, we're so wired to the hard that it is a reminder that give yourself permission for life to be good. And for anybody who's in Elevate or who is considering joining Elevate and the 7 to 7 formula, you should know that Nicole leads these magical mindset trainings. And every time I listen to one of them or I listen to the private podcast, Nicole, or I see what our community members are talking about, like that belief in ourselves, but also hearing validation from other people, like, mm-hmm. uh, like we were saying, all the tools, all of the frameworks, all the methodologies, like anyone can do them, but you have to believe that you're the right person for what you're doing. And you have to believe in your impact. And those calls for me, I'm such a type A, like I'm so logistical that I sometimes forget to do the woo and the woo and the mindset are the magic. Right. So I, I like, I love that you just shared that iPhone or Android iPhone. We have one team member who is on an Android and I think Nicole and I are like, we're going to conspire. We're just going to send her an iPhone. It's like the, the, (laughs) we got to get everybody on iPhones, but yeah, I find that most CEOs are still team iPhone, uh, and iOS, although developers have been answering it with Android. So that's a really interesting device. Oh, interesting. Your favorite social media platform when you, and not just for business building, like if you were to wake uh, up and say, oh, I got to post on social media, what's the one you naturally gravitate to? Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. And you guys got to follow Nicole. She shares such great business advice, but also really strong reminders of like why it's important to be mindful of your family time and protective of your space and energetically, you know, in that, in that mindset. So I love that. If you could take a three-month sabbatical from work right now, I know you're talking about your summer hours mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. you have this push-pull, but if you were to take the three-month sabbatical, and in your words, there's a magic pill, right? There's no negative impact on the business, no in- negative impact on your life at all. Where are you going? What are you doing? Who are you, who are you with? <gasps> oh, my gosh. So this is one of these, can I have multiple answers? Because <laughs> right are. now, like where we live on Long Island is it feels like you're in the tropics. So I will say if this is during the summer, then I'm at my beach club. I'm doing literally exactly what I am doing right now. If it's during the winter, um, then I would love to go do like three months in Italy, but I would have to turn it warm. So like, I would like to do it in the winter, but I would like it not to be winter there. So, so like warm, but not too warm. Like the, the perfect in-between level of warmth for you is the It would spot. have to be like 70s, but I like to leave New York in the winter because I love the other seasons here. So three months, I would go to Europe, I would go to Italy and Greece, but I would like to somehow have an impact that it would be like in the 70s. Okay. Normally my last question would be, what is your signature coffee order? But I have to change it for you. Because really what I want to know is how much coffee do you actually drink? (laughs) 
<laughs> and how do you take it? Is it always black? I like you. I did a strategy planning session with Nicole where she had traveled all the way to Florida from New York and she bought yes. a coffee maker for the house. Yes. And I was like, this is somebody who takes coffee so seriously, but it was a drip coffee maker. Like it wasn't even a fancy espresso machine. So what's well, the deal? I wasn't going to throw, I wasn't going to like throw away hundreds of dollars for the Airbnb, but I will spend 30 on like making it decent. Yeah. Um, so wait, I mean, way too much coffee, but I'm going to justify because I don't drink. I take very good care of myself and I drink a lot. Of water. She's so constantly I, texting me. Look, Nicole, for you, for those who are watching the video version, I really did pour a giant glass of water. I haven't had any, but it's like step yeah. one is hydrating because Nicole is constantly reminding me. Yeah. So I, yes, I drink a lot of, a lot of coffee. I don't know how much I drink. It's always half decaf or decaf. Yes. I like the taste of it. Um, my ideal coffee order is a half decaf Americano iced or hot, always hot in the morning, no matter how hot it is outside. And yeah, I will ship a coffee maker to an Airbnb or I have a very, I have a Stanley French press that is the same, uh, metal. It's like metal. So it stays hot. So like on our last trip, we just brought that. That's so smart. Perfect. That's so smart. And that was when I I knew that you were a coffee aficionado, but I remember opening the fridge and there was like a full drip, like a glass carafe, like not a fancy espresso, just like a, a, but like a full thing of coffee that had been put in the fridge so that you could drink it. And I was like, I love this girl so much (laughs) and we all have to have our vice. So um, yeah. So cheers to you. The half, Decaf Americano is on me next time that we are in person, which I know is going to be soon. Yeah. We have live soon. events coming up for Elevate, which our clients like that is, it is an amazing experience. So anyone who's listening, of course, you'll be able to learn more about Nicole, learn more about Elevate. Um, but you've just heard a snippet from Nicole today that I think just shows you how great she is and how much she believes in other business owners because she's gone through the journey herself and is still on that journey. So Nicole, I love you desperately. I'm so thankful that you were willing to share this and yeah, I'll see you on our, our next call, which is like, you know, we're going to go talk to the team here in yeah, a few minutes. Like five minutes. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll see you there. So thank you so much, Nicole. Bye everyone. Wasn't Nicole's story so interesting and inspirational too, but I hope that you had the opportunity to fall just a little bit in love with Nicole the way that I have been falling in love with her as a friend and now as a colleague over the last decade plus. I really want to make sure that you have every opportunity to follow Nicole and to learn from her. So on Instagram, which she mentioned is her favorite platform, she's at Nicole Culver. Her website is NicoleCulver.co. Now, again, she's the founder of a program called Elevate. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and as Nicole and I referenced a number of times in our conversation, I now have the honor of being a part of the Elevate team. So if you're interested in joining our community, if you're learn, if you're interested in learning more about how to build your rich niche lead system and believe, as Nicole does, the business gets to be that good then I want to encourage you to learn more about Elevate as well. Again, NicoleCulver.co is the best place to get all of the information about Nicole. 
about Elevate and get started. There are some amazing free resources that are available to you right on the website. And again, Nicole shares many of them on social media. She also has her own podcast, uh, which is a fantastic listen. And you can get all of those links at her website. And again, by following Nicole on Instagram. Thank you as always for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. My hope is that through someone else's journey, you're able to find what you need to keep going because a rising tide lifts all boats. Doing business is hard, but none of us has to navigate it alone. So make sure you share this with a friend or a colleague who needs to hear this message. And I would love for you to write a review so we can keep getting these incredible founder stories to as many people as possible. If you liked this episode and want to learn more about my services or would like to book me as a speaker for your next event, head to katiewidrick.com. I'll see you on the next episode of Hard Costs.